here we go for the Thursday show. Getting ready for the weekend. Welcome to it. I am the Stretch Out Reed. This is the Big 49. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to us. We appreciate the hell out of you guys. The only motocross rock radio station on the planet. And we're going to come with the moto in the next segment as we always do. But... I pulled a switcheroo again. Have I ever told you guys I'm a hypocrite and a liar? Because I'm both. I've been teasing that Adam C. and Cirillo interview all week. I got a little story about Adam uh, on the one of the Moto Minutes today. But I'm not going to play Adam today. I'm saving Adam for Friday. I've had to milk these interviews for two weeks, so I can't blow them out like I normally do. So we're going to get Adam on Friday, which will be a brand new interview. But I decided I had so much fun yesterday playing that interview with um, Mr. Eli Tomac that he's going to be again today in the middle of the show. And another guy that I'm really missing the hell out of right now is Chase Sexton. And we talked to Chase Sexton in the motocross season right after Palo when he got up on the podium. And I'm like, you know what? I want to replay the Chase interview. I like Chase Sexton. Chase Sexton is cool as F. Chase Sexton is the first ever major superstar of motocross that just sat down with the Big 49 just to sit down with the Big 49 and do an interview with us. And I will never forget that. I dig that dude. He is fast as hell. He's a good kid. There's nothing to not like about Chase Sexton. And I really wish he was out there right now because we saw that first day at Fox Raceway that he was giving Jet Lawrence fits, and I don't think Jet would be undefeated right now if Chase was still out there on the track. I do not. I think Chase would have at least snatched a moto. I'm not saying Jet probably isn't going to win the championship and that Jet's not on fire. He is. But I think Chase would have at least snatched a moto by now. I truly believe that. So we're going to get Chase Sexton, and we're going to talk to him. On that day, man, at Fox Raceway, he gave Jet a handful in that second moto and we'll talk to him about that it's good to flash back and hear this thing put things into perspective because right now everyone it's like a foregone conclusion everyone is just like oh here we go it's over give it to jet we're four races in season is done yeah well there's uh gonna be about uh seven more rounds of outdoor to race and remember the supercross Heard the interview, uh, in the, you'll hear it again in the middle of the show today with Eli Tomac, where it's like, I was talking to him, and, and Eli hates it when you talk to him about the future at all or anything potentially other than right now and what happened today is all Eli wants to talk about. And look what happened. He was He's 100% right because anything can happen in this sport and your season can be over instantly. And that happened to Eli. That happened to Cooper in the Supercross. And then Chase just rolled in and snatched up the championship and rolled out. Now, granted, Chase had had a lot of incidents early on in the season that really knocked him back in the points. He probably should have had the red plate all the way through. But, you know, he didn't because it's freaking Supercross and Motocross. Things happen. So it's crazy. And, I, you know, I'm not quite willing to give Jet the championship. I'd give him the heavy odds as the favorite to win the championship right now, but it's not done yet. All right, outside of that, I'm then going to go back into a UFO story because I'm going to ride that horse, man. The horse, the horse, the horses are on the track, and I'm going to ride that dead horse until it's more dead than it already is. It is more about the whistleblower, about Senator uh, Holloway, and there's a lot to talk about. 
just I, I get little pieces from these stories when I see them, and I'm like, you know what? That's a nugget. That's a nugget, and I try to connect dots. Are the are is the picture I'm drawing really there? I do not know, but I'm not gonna let go of this. I'm like a pit bull with a bone, and I'm gonna go, go, go on the effing UFO story. Now, besides that, I got a whole bunch of other fun stuff. Probably a lawsuit coming from the Obama family. If you've heard the Moto, not the Moto Minute, but the Entertainment Report today, I'm glad Moto Man wrote that. It's very funny. Uh, we're gonna talk about um, pink snow. Why you're seeing it all over the place. Gonna talk about spousal rape. That's always an uplifting, fun little thing. Got a what the Florida. Got a cool story out of Los Angeles with a police dog. There's a whole bunch of crap to get to, but let's do this. Chase Sexton is next. And then it's UFO, bitches, because I like the UFOs. I'm Stretch. It's the 4-9. Big, big, big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. I saw a clip yesterday of the latest installment of the Adam C. and Cirillo podcast. And I got to tell you, it's pretty solid. Adam does good work. He's good to listen to. He tells cool stories. It's longer than 15 minutes long. And it's a very insightful and cool podcast if you want to check it out. But this week it had a story about when Adam met Bubba Stewart somewhere. He said he got the nerve to walk up to him and introduce himself, tell him he was a big fan and ask him if he could take a photo. He says at that point, Bubba, who was looking at his phone, looked up from the phone and looked at him for a couple of seconds and then went back to his phone and completely ignored him. Adam described it as a very humbling experience. I would say so, almost like the very first time we ever saw Adam out in public and we walked up to him at Pala and asked him if he'd do an interview on the Big 49 and he told us, I'm 60-40 against it. At least he was honest because we did not do the interview, but I'll tell you this, Adam's been very cool since then and definitely talks to us every time we've seen him since then. I am Stretch, another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 49, it is stretching right now. We are sitting down with Mr. Chase Sexton. He is your Supercross champion for 2023. He was runner-up last year in outdoor, and boy, you were runner-up again today, and it was a lot of deja vu from last year. You came out fast as hell. It looked really good, but came in second uh, today. But let's talk about before the race. You've been really running mistake-free at the end of the Supercross season and just looking dominant and really, really dialed in. And then you come out today in qualifying, and you have a pretty decent-looking crash. Walk us through what happened in that situation and, you know, how the day maybe got off to a bad start. Yeah, I don't know what it was. I woke up this morning. I, I, I don't know. Some days you wake up and you feel like you have it, and some days you wake <laughs> up and you don't have it. And I, I went out first practice and – Try to get out front, didn't get out front, got roosted for a while. And then I think I did one fast lap, took a break, did another fast lap. And the ruts after that jump were so, like, squiggly and yeah. it was nothing was firm. And I kind of tried to hop out of it and it caught my front end and kind of just shot me right and slapped me into that jump. Yeah. Uh, my arm up pretty good, but uh, I was lucky to get away from that one pretty much unscathed. It was okay. pretty soft, luckily. That would have happened in the motos. It would have been a different story with how hard it was. So, yeah. Not ideal start to the day. That was definitely uh, not uh, not ideal, but I feel like especially second moto was more of how I rode outdoors, especially last yeah. year. And um, Yeah, I just wanted to bounce back from that, that morning <laughs> get-off. It was I haven't really crashed just, uh, that hard in a long time, so 
it'll get you rattled a little bit, but I was able to bounce back and uh, have a decently solid day. All right. Do you think that some of uh, what happened in that crash for the first round here of outdoor season is that you really haven't had time to prepare for outdoor? You were in a battle all the way up to the final race of the season with a Supercross championship hanging in the balance, and you were dialed in on that, and you really couldn't focus on outdoor like a lot of the other riders were able to do. So do you think that played a difference, and, and what was it like having just such a little break between Supercross and motocross seasons. Yeah, I feel like last year we had a whole bunch of time between Supercross and outdoors, and this year, I don't know. I mean, obviously it was only a week, but it felt yeah. like it was two weeks shorter in between. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we had one week of testing. They came down to Florida. We tested three days. Um, okay. I think I rode, I put over seven hours on the bike in three days, so I tried to get as much as I possibly could in a week. All right. Obviously, I would have loved to have more and more preparation, but racing 17 races you don't get the not a lot of time off so yeah. uh i had to ride outdoors during the week but didn't really test much just uh trying to do as many motos as i possibly can and uh yeah at least we we're off to a solid solid start better yeah. better than i thought i was going to be after the first moto the first moto was not not okay. good so uh we actually did a full full shock change okay after the first moto for the second moto and it was quite a bit better so if we can keep making those improvements, we uh, should be a good spot. But overall, I'm, I'm happy to start this off solid and get this uh, season underway. All right, and here we are one round into the pro motocross season, and it looks like there's going to be a dogfight amongst you three for this entire season, making for a very long summer. Now, last year, you had the same thing from round one till the final freaking race. You and Eli were going at it. It was an epic battle, and I know you've said in the past when we've talked to you that you learned a lot from that battle, that it was a great experience. How much did that help you today when you were out here chasing down Jet? Yeah, uh, racing Eli last year was uh, something that I, I couldn't have learned anything more from. He was an awesome competitor and today that second moto felt like a rerun of, of <laughs> yes. last year a lot yeah. so it's uh it's definitely made me a better rider and something that i feel like i'm prepared for this year is to yeah. to go the whole way and um just fight till the end i think i ran one of my fastest laps with like five minutes to go or so so yeah. i'm obviously in shape i just gotta work some few things out with the bike it's okay. it's getting there but not quite where i want it and uh Obviously, Jet and Dylan are, are great riders, and I feel like the speed just keeps keeps increasing. So it's it's going to be a fun summer. All right, and how much of what you learned last summer in uh, you know that battle with Eli, where you say you picked up all of that knowledge, uh, because it looked like you were using that today in that second moto, especially when you were right on Jet and you were just following him, checking his lines, looking for either him to make a mistake or that one spot where you knew you could get by him. Was there any of that going on there or were you just riding as hard as you could trying to keep up? Um, yeah, I was obviously I was I had to really learn a few of his lines middle yeah. or beginning of that race is that first moto I didn't know where I was going. I was <laughs> riding a little bit sloppy and yeah. second moto got out there and kind of got to see some of his lines and I had some good lines as well and yeah. kind of put those two together. And I felt like my speed was good. Uh, today with the track, it was like to make a pass or trying to make a pass, especially on, on Jet, it was going to be yeah. a, either have to get really sketchy or <laughs> obviously get maybe a little bit too aggressive. And yeah. it was just, it was a tough track. And I obviously was riding close enough, but I never really got an opening to, to make a pass. And he yeah. didn't really make too many mistakes. There was, there was times where I made a mistake before the finish line where I tried to kind of run it in. Yeah. And the lines were going complete opposite of where I was going. So, um, yeah, no, it was it was fun racing, and like Jet said, we all we all respect each other, and it's yeah. gonna be a fun summer. Obviously, Dylan's gonna be there the whole time. We all we all know that he's a champion for a reason, and 
it's uh it's gonna be fun so i'm i'm looking forward to it and i look forward to uh, more clean racing all right and how about the lappers today because you guys got into lap traffic pretty quick even though you get those long lap times on the outdoor season and you guys are going really really fast it's pretty quick that you get back around and start getting into lappers how much did that uh play a part in you not being able to get around jet uh, in that second moto especially yeah it's, it's definitely not easy i think when you're leading you have uh you get to them first and it's yeah. a little bit harder uh there was for a little bit i was not close enough where the lappers would see me so they get back in the line and it was yeah. just it was kind of like jet said a chess game where he would get a gap i'd have to close back up he'd try to sprint away and i have to kind of up my yeah. pace and then towards the end i tried to really pick the pace up and make a little bit of a charge and uh, yeah, it was it was a fun race, and like I said, I've I've been used to those last year with with Eli, and uh, looking forward to more of those this year with uh, with Jet and with Dylan, and All it's right. uh, it's gonna be fun. So, yeah, it was a fun fun track today. It uh, it didn't feel uh, super familiar. I feel like last year I I felt really good on this track, and today yeah. I felt like I was <clears throat> a little bit of a fish out of water. So. Obviously got some work to do and getting those outdoor feet back under me. All right, well, we definitely could not tell that fish out of the water was not the impression I had of watching you race today. It was like, oh, there's Chase Sexton being Chase Sexton, fast as F. And, you know, Jack's just also super fast, and you were, you know, having a battle with him. So we couldn't tell. If you get it more dialed in, it's going to be a very long summer for these other gentlemen up on the podium with you. Can't wait to see what happens next week in Hangtown. Congratulations to you, to the entire HRC Honda team for taking one and two today and we'll see what happens next weekend. I'm Stretch. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. Big 49, it is a Stretch show right now. I'm not going to play my normal um, music that I play, the X-Files theme, every time I talk about a UFO. No, right now it's still Gay Pride Month, so I'm going to play a little homoerotic 80s music as I tell you the latest and greatest from the UFO controversy. Little Pet Shop Boys. Not wrong to Pet Shop Boys. Don't you call out my manhood because I like the Pet Shop Boys. This was a jizzam back in the 80s. You like put put your hair up all spiky and, and crazy and make big hair and then smoke a clove and think you were cool. All emo douchey. Yeah, then I dance by not really dancing. I just kind of stand there with my dark trench coat on and my head bowed. And I just kind of just sway side to side because I'm too cool. You know what I'm saying? Light another clove, bro. Pet Shop Boys are cool. Yeah. So there we go. And I get in my ufo story. This is cool in a lot of sense. We all know that the Missouri Senator, uh, Mr. Holloway, gave a comment the other day, and then people have jumped all over it since then. Josh, I'm sorry, not Holloway, Holly, Josh Holly. And... People are like, oh, this guy's into the UFOs that I know it's all a big lie. This does this thing as UFOs, so smoke my clove. Oh, uh, swear to the pet shop, boys. I can't believe about UFOs if Josh Holly's saying it. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, shut up, drama queen. Here's what I know. Holly said that a lot of what the whistleblower blew out to everyone is stuff they were are very similar to what they were briefed on in one of their briefings about uh, UFOs and UAPs. Now, you're like, all right, well, you told us this already stretched. We already had this conversation. But here's more now. 
as this peeling the layers of the onion to get back to the truth. The truth is what is vital, vital to us here as a nation. The truth, and the truth is out there. Let me back up the Pet Shop Boys there. I just can't get my 80s groove on enough. Mr. Holly said something else, and that is what really is the nugget in this entire story. Holly goes on to say in that same interview where he said, you know, yeah, this is on par with what we were told in a briefing. Uh, he says there's a lot, a lot, a lot of UFO sightings. And then he goes on to say the reason we can't get to the bottom of this situation is because the and this is a senator saying this is that what happens is these factions of the government lie to each other. They deceive each other. Trust me, the United States government, some of the biggest spying the United States government does is on the United States government because none of them are telling the other, like the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing and they're not telling them. And if they tell them anything, they're telling them misdirection and misinformation to try to spin them off into the wrong direction because they all want to hold on to their little power or their little thing and not, you know, give up the goods. And this is from a senator who is saying this, that the reason we don't know what's going on with the UFOs that they have found out in these congressional hearings is that all of the branches of the U.S. government lie to each other and they do it constantly. So that's interesting. And he also said, actually, this is what he said verbatim. This was his exact quote when he was talking about this. He said, what we learned from the Chinese spy balloon incident is that one part of the government actively concealed it from other parts of the government because that's what they do all the time. That's a direct quote from a United States congressman who is sitting on that UFO committee wanting to know what the F is going on. They also all say another thing that they feel the government is lying about or different factions of the government are lying about is that there are way, 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 way more UFO sightings than they have acknowledged. Way more. Like right now they're giving you some and they're throwing them out there and there's these out there and they're like, they have them, the, the ones that are truly unexplained still and they explain off a lot of them, but they're saying there's way more unexplained ones than they're letting on. But once again, they're lying and they're shielding it from each other. Now the whistleblower, Grush, he even comes along and says, no, 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 you don't understand. When the boss at the Aero program, the guy that was his boss, that guy Fitzpatrick that's running it, he says he truly doesn't know. He says they're lying to him. He has no clue. When he gives a statement saying, basically there's been no proof of any, you know, off earth intelligence or, you know, craft or anything, he's not lying. He believes that guy honestly thinks that because they've lied to him and that they make sure to hide the truth from them. He was told, uh, Grush was told in confidence from people that he that would come to him like off the record and tell him and that's why he became a whistleblower because he couldn't blow it out there while he was on the freaking Arrow freaking program out of the Pentagon. But here, now you have a high level dude out of the Pentagon blowing the whistle and now you have a U.S. congressman saying, yeah, they lie, and that's all they do is lie to each other. The cover-up is real. We just got to get to the bottom of 
how much of a cover-up there is, and I think there's about 75 years of cover-up, and I think it's way bigger than even the nutjobs like myself could fathom. That That's what I think. So there we go. Let's get back to regular stories. How about spousal rape? We'll talk about that one next. It's legal in some states. Did you know that? Talk about that one coming up on the 4-9. Big, 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 the big 49 moto minute brought to you by LBZ. A brand new Colby Raha video is up on YouTube. I checked it out yesterday and I got to tell you, it's pretty cool. There's a very special cameo in this video. It is not Ronnie Mack, but our very own Jason from HYR. That's right. Colby shows a quick clip of Jason when he's over at HYR picking up that new Husqvarna 450 he got from them. And I got to tell you, I was kind of bummed that Jason didn't roll it out to Home Depot and do some sick air jumps on aisle five like Ronnie Mack did. But hey, it's still cool seeing our boy Jason from HYR in a Colby Raha video. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 49, it's a stretch show here on a Thursday morning. Thank you for listening to us. Tomorrow, I promise you, not only will we give you the last chance radio show with the Moto Man and the Kyle at 3 p.m. on a Friday, which is a jolly good time, we will also give you the Adam C. and Cirillo interview that I've been hyping for a couple days and then just dangling that carrot out in front of you and not giving it to you. Nope. Nope, 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 not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet. Next week, we'll get into the 250s. I'm going to see who I can dig up on the 250s to talk to along the way as well so I can dangle more carrots and lie through my teeth, almost like I'm the United States government. By the way, speaking of the United States government and UFOs and all that stuff, before I get into my spousal rape story being legal in some states, uh, I'm going to tell you I watch a great show. I really like that show. Um, freaking Skinwalker Ranch. Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch. I watch it all the time. And now they've got another show, which I equally like, called Beyond Skinwalker Ranch, just like Oak Island. It's the same people that do it. And what we're finding is as unique as Skinwalker Ranch is with all of the activity there, paranormal with cattle mutilations, UFO sightings, weird crap in the ground, strange things happening to people, uh, cryptid sightings there, what appear to be ghost sightings, orb sightings, so much different stuff all in one place that it is not as unique as we thought because apparently there's other ranches all over the United States that have very similar phenomenon going on. And here's another thing that'll make you weird. The guy, uh, Dr. Travis, who is one of the stars of the Skinwalker Ranch show, revealed in the first episode of this season that the Arrow, the Pentagon Committee, snatched him up in secret and he was working for them for a good while. And they're all like, wait a minute, mofo, so you were here working with us and trying to figure out what's going on, yet working with these Arrow Pentagon pricks at the same time? He's like, yeah, it was top secret. I couldn't tell anyone. So that shows you why is the government getting involved, especially the highest level of the government UFO investigation. Why are they getting involved in a little hokey TV show that's trying to basically investigate UFOs. That is one. And by the way, I don't take anything away from Travis. The dude is a physicist and he is having amazing and I really like his work and he's from the great state of Alabama, which makes him awesome. So here is something very interesting in the show this week 
that was uh, beyond Skinwalker Ranch. There was another ranch out in Colorado that had all of the same activity, and they were using different types of experiments, and they were recording sound. There's this weird 1.6 gigahertz sound that basically is being transmitted from outer space, and then uh, Travis says that's what they use to transmit to and from space at that at that frequency. And so they think this signal's coming from outer space. Well, they also found they got a weird recording of something that was running at like 400 mega, whatever the hell it is. And Travis said something as they were looking through the evidence of what happened at this ranch in Colorado. And the one that was coming in at like 400 megahertz, he said, well, that's the sound of spacecraft. Like, that's the sound that they emit. He goes, I've heard it a million times because I've been, you know, in high-level things when we're flying stuff up into outer space and that 400 uh, hertz is coming back. It's the sound of what powers spacecraft, like our spacecraft up in outer space, up in orbit. And then right after that, they got a blast of this weird frequency coming down. And they, they what I interpreted what they were saying is, it reminded them a lot of Havana syndrome. Havana syndrome, where people get hit with a frequency of something they don't hear and they end up with brain damage and all kinds of stuff. Well, Travis puts two and two together with the evidence they gathered from this ranch in Colorado, and he says, you know, that first sound is the could be like a satellite or a space weapon being moved around. That's the sound they make. And then that second sound could it be it firing down here, trying to basically run people off. Like you start getting hit in the head with this certain frequency and you start having hallucinations and crazy stuff and you you get sick and you get brain damage and there's a lot of bad stuff. And we've seen that on Skinwalker Ranch and now they see it on a ranch in Colorado. And then to put the two together that they've got the sound of a spacecraft, it could be our own government trying to get people out of this area because God knows what they're really doing there. And all these ranches are out in the middle of nowhere and got all kinds of crazy activities. So watch those shows. If you're at all into the UFO phenomenon, check those shows out. They're they're very cool. I like them a lot. All right, let me get now to Ohio, where I didn't know this, but state locker, uh, lawmakers had a hearing on Tuesday, and they're trying to close a loophole in Ohio state law that allows a married person to legally rape their spouse. I want to come forward now and tell you I have been uh, spousally raped many, many times. Sometimes my wife will say, come in here, you big hunk of manly man, and just take your clothes off and have sex with me right now. And I'll say, no, I'm doing a show. I got to do the 49. I don't have time. And she'll demand, and then she'll rape me. I promise you, it's real. Happens, it's real. I know spousal rape's uh, legal in California, but I'm going to sue my wife. She's trying to rape me. But uh, apparently it's real and, and, and legal in Ohio. And they say that's not all. There's 11 states in total where if you are like with a boyfriend, girlfriend, and the boyfriend rapes the girlfriend, that's rape and you're going to jail. But if you're husband and wife and the husband rapes the wife, it's not rape anymore. And that's in 11 states. So they're trying to go through. Uh, the, the thing in Ohio is called HB 161. And they're trying to get it through to close that gap because, yeah, you shouldn't be able to rape anyone, even if you own them. I, I do have jokes with my wife where I will tell her, uh, yeah, no, I own you. I bought you. Uh, how much did that ring cost? That's how much I bought you for. 
that and the cost of a wedding. That's what I bought you for. I now own you. She never finds it amusing. And then she rapes me. So I don't know. She's violent. She's a very violent person. Very mean. Very uh, sexually abusive to me. Treats me like I'm a piece of meat. Yeah. Say, so just show me that schlong. Let me look at it. Let me look at the baby maker. I feel dehumanized. But what can I do? <laughs> it's not funny. Don't you laugh. You laugh, you're, you're a bad person. I'm going to hell. I'm stretch. Coming up next, let's do what the Florida. It's the big 49. The man urged. report! Former President Barack Obama is currently in Greece with his whole family doing an Obama Foundation event. And while they're there, they're taking in the sights. Photog's got a picture of Barack getting a handful of Mrs. Obama's ass while they were walking up a staircase at some point at some ancient ruins. Now the press is all over it saying how romantic it is and that the Obamas still have that fire, etc., etc. I say, give us the audio because I bet you he's saying, hey, honey, your testicles are coming untucked. You need to rearrange those things or the Franks and Beans are going to blow your cover. And speaking of nuts, if you've ever been kicked in the nuts during a divorce, just be thankful that you're not Kevin Costner. Now his current and soon-to-be ex-wife is seeking $248,000 a month in child support. And that's not all. She also wants all medical, educational, and other living expenses on top of that. Kevin says, hey, you crazy biatch, how about $38,000 a month? She is also refusing to leave their marital home, stating that she has no money. Kevin's lawyers are saying, you got $1.5 million in the bank. You can go rent a house. Get the F out of mine. Who said soccer isn't dangerous? Recently, a goalie for the MLS team in Miami was hospitalized after he got bit by a spider at the zoo. Yeah, the spider was poisonous and he was in the hospital for three days. Good thing soccer players are so tough or he might have died. <laughs> The Man Entertainment with Stretch. Big 49 is a Stretch show on a Thursday. Let's go down to Florida. Florida. Get a little story for you. I think this story is BS. I think somebody better call uh, Larry H. Parker. We got to get to the bottom of this. I thought stealing was legal. I thought you could steal up to $900 worth of stuff. No big deal. Well, this guy got his spot blown up. Name's David Romero. I think he needs to sue. He needs to sue Target. Target, they're targeting your kids. And apparently they're targeting Mr. Romero too for stealing. Which is totally legal now in America. Didn't you know? It's woke. Flagler County, Florida. Mr. Romero, 46 years old, uh, got busted by the Sheriff's Department there. After they responded to a report from Target saying, hey, we got a guy that just uh, stole some stuff. He's out in the parking lot right now. We're over on Moody Boulevard in Flagler County, Florida. 5-0 rolls up. Boop, boop. That's the sound of the beast. And they're like, hey, what you doing? They block his car in. He's getting ready to uh, roll out. He sees the popo come. He's like, oh, crap. I think out of here. Before he can back up, they put that cruiser right behind him. And now he's blocked in. They're like, excuse me, sir, could you step out of the vehicle? I saw a video. They actually get him out at gunpoint, which is a little extreme. You know, you're shoplifting in Target. I, I don't know if you're violent. He didn't attack anyone. I think Mr. Romero is the victim here. <laughs> you know, you hope you realize your sarcasm in that. I would never think that a thief is a victim. So here you go. 
the uh, guy gets out of the car, and they start patting him down. Blah, blah, blah. Something falls out of his out of his pants, out of his pant leg. Slides right down. So you know it's a vibrator. I didn't even know Target sold vibrators. Well, that's not all. They also found condoms, some KY lube, and several sexual enhancement products. And a t-shirt all shoved down his drawers. He was going to get his freaky deek on. Mr. Romero was trying to have a freaky deaky day. And he went to Target and stole everything he needed for his freaky deaky enterprises. And then after he stole everything that he wanted for his little sexual liaison later, he then went over to the food section, picked up a few items, and then paid for those. And then as he walked out, they're like, hey, that guy stole a bunch of stuff. Stole some sex toys. I did not know Target sold sex toys. I'm going to stick to that. I know they have condoms and lube and all that. But sexual enhancement products um, and vibrators and all that, I did not know. Well, shout out to Target. Way to be uh, uh, super, super hip to the game. But apparently people are too embarrassed to buy them, so they steal them. I don't know if the vibrator fell out of his ass or not when the police are patting him down. But he definitely had that stuff in his pants. I see you fall in the video. It was a nice pink vibrator coming right out. You know, and if they don't have vibrators, you can always go to the sporting goods store and get a muscle massager, I'm guessing. Yeah. Romero, then they went back in, looked at the surveillance footage, and they saw him stuffing the items into a tan shapewear and then down his pants. Faces one count of petty theft, four counts of larceny, and a charge of grand theft in connection to another arrest warrant that he had that he bounced on. So he had an arrest warrant for grand theft in uh, Putnam County, and they got him on that one. When they ran his plates, they were like, oh, yeah, this guy's a felon. That's why they drew down on him, pulled their guns out, and said, get out of the car. And although I joke here a lot, I am not going to joke this guy. Like, go to jail. I don't care. If you stole an effing candy bar from Target, I want you to go to jail. Don't steal. Stop stealing. MFers, every time some a-hole steals and they walk in like it's their effing God-given birthright and they just take crap and walk out of a store because they are absolutely emboldened because we do not prosecute crime in America anymore. You and I pay more the next time. What do you think happens? Stores just go, oh, well, easy come, easy go. No, they pass it along to the consumer. And then when it gets really bad, they just shut that store down and go, we can't operate in this neighborhood. These people are hooligan thieves. And that's happened in like Portland and a lot of other areas, really bad areas where these idiots come in and think it's their birthright to steal. Just roll out with everything in the store, and the store security's told, do not apprehend, do not get in the way, observe and report. Yeah, I saw a man. He walked out, and you can't say anything about race when you describe the man. It was a male, and he grabbed a bunch of stuff, and he just walked out of the store. I told him to stop, but he didn't listen. He told me, F you, and walked on out. He got into a car. I don't know if I can tell you the color of the car, and then he drove away. That's really the real deal now. That's how we... Defend against crime and shoplifting. Then you get every now and then a security guard gets sick of it and lokes out and beats somebody's ass. So that one guy shot that dude. And now he's going to go to jail. That was in San Francisco. Bad place to shoot a shoplifter. He should have given him a ride and asked him if he needed uh, some extra cash. Gave him all the money out of his wallet. That's what they want you to do in California. But there you go. That is it. This guy going shoplifting some sex toys. And now got his spot blown up. Now he's going to jail. He ended up having a warrant. Way to go, Florida. Thank you, Florida. Florida never stops giving. They never do. All right, let's get into this. I'm going to play the Eli Tomac interview next from yesterday. It's spectacular. It's almost prophetic, but 
I did it, so that's why. I love Eli. And we talked to him about injuries and protecting the championship lead and all that. It's interesting interview. The last one we did with him before he blew out his Achilles the next week in Denver. Uh, then I'm going to get into a story. Imagine this. Maybe you're dipping out at work early. Maybe you're taking some food or something. You're working at a restaurant. Maybe you're doing something like that. Maybe you're doing shady stuff against your employer. Wow, an employer found a way to get to the bottom of that. And I'll tell you what they did. And they did a lot of other shady stuff, but now they're in trouble with the state. This happened right here in California. And they got now a $140,000 fine. And I'll tell you the, the, the best thing I've ever heard. It's fantastic how they tried to get employees to confess to their uh, sins against the company. It's It's amazing. So Eli Tomac and then that. It's the Big 49. Big, big, big. big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. The last night's Powerball jackpot at $400 million and the Super Lotto tomorrow at $320 million. The winner of these could easily kick down the $7 million asking price for the Castillo Ranch in Los Alamos, California. Yes, the legendary motocross ranch is still on the market, and it still has all the badass motocross tracks and more. Saw an Instagram post on it yesterday, and all I can tell you is it truly is a moto paradise. Good luck to all you moto heads that win in the lottery, so maybe you can invite the Big 49 out for a ride. I'm Stretch, another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Ah, Big 49. It is a stretch show. Say right now, you own a little Mexican restaurant up in the Sacramento area. And you're like maybe paranoid. Maybe you think your employees are stealing from you. Well, first, let's go into everything these guys did. Let's break this story down. Department of Labor has ordered a taqueria chain. I want to say it the correct way. Taqueria. I get very annoyed at that. And they have been ordered to pay $140,000 in back wages and damages to 35 employees at their restaurants. And they say the owners committed a number of infractions called Taqueria Garibaldi, a restaurant. Got two locations, Sacramento and Roseville. While the owners and operators of that restaurant, Eduardo Hernandez, Hector Manuel Martinez Gariendo, and Alejandro Rodriguez all agreed to consent to the judgment in the case. Not only did they have to pay the $140,000 fine, they also had to pay individual fines each of $5,000 in civil penalties because of their willful nature of their violations. They apparently denied overtime to employees that worked over 40 hours a week, which in California will get you busted. You do not want to get in violation of the meal penalty. You do not want that, and you do not want to not pay overtime for one minute over 40 hours and one minute over eight hours in a day. You can get overtime. You can work 30 hours in the week, but if you worked 12 hours in one day, that's overtime on that day. So uh, some uh, one employee filed a complaint, and then they fired him. For fu- they thought they were the one that filed the complaint, so they fired him. They also threatened employees uh, with retaliation and adverse immigration consequences if they tried to cooperate with the Department of Labor. So this is goes on and on. They also uh, took tips 
The tips are for the servers, and apparently managers and stuff can't take them. And they took the tips and added them in and distributed them evenly to people who are not due tips. But their greatest move is they wanted to get to the bottom of what they thought were, you know, bad workers. So we're at a Mexican restaurant. If they're holding immigration over their employees' heads, I'm going to go ahead and assume that we are dealing with uh, migrant workers who are probably from uh, Latin America, Mexico, and Central and South America. And most of those people who are from that region are Catholic. And they brought in a fake priest to sit down. And the priest did interviews with the employees. And they said, hey, guys, we brought a priest in with you guys. And he's going to do confessions. And somebody goes, I realized something was weird when the only thing the priest wanted to hear about were my sins at work. Like, so do you ever uh, steal anything from work? Do you ever take any uh, extra food? Do you ever, like, not charge your friends to come in for food? Do you ever leave early and, and have somebody else clock out for you? Like, that's all the stuff they're asking about. So people are like, well, this is suspicious. So someone starts asking questions about the priest. And then they check with the archdiocese. And they're like, we have no priest by that name. Yeah, they, this was like one of their buddies. They got a guy to come in and say he was a priest and try to do confessions with employees, Latin American employees at a Mexican restaurant about anything they might have sinned against their company. <laughs> yeah, that is shady. Man, we got lots of work for Larry H. Parker today. God, Larry, you know what? Larry needs to buy a commercial on the Big 49. I'm going to stop shouting him out. That's what I'm going to do. We need to get, uh, I don't know, Sweet James, somebody. Somebody got a kick down to the 49. Get one of these ambulance chasers to come on here. You tell us. I'm going to hire a fake priest to come in and get confessions from Moto Man and Kyle on the Friday show on the Last Chance Radio tomorrow. See if they can confess their sins, all the bad stuff they do at the 49, like steal all the snacks and all the drinks that we get from our friends, uh, from our friend Bebek. Yeah, all those guys over at Strive Distributing, those are wonderful people that kick us down awesome beverages and Moto Man steals them all. And I'm going to bring in a priest and get him to confess it. And then Kyle is going to be his accomplice who helps him. I don't think Jason does anything. Jason just likes Moto and hanging out. Uh, I, I got no worries about Jason being a thief and thief, but Moto Man and Kyle, I'm watching you get that fake priest in tomorrow. Yeah, these guys are geniuses at this restaurant. I like their style of management. I'm going to start doing it myself. So there you go. If your boss brings in a priest and starts asking for confessions at work, uh, be suspicious and then report them to the Department of Labor. I'm Stretch. Forgive me, people, for I have sinned. I ate all the snacks out of the snack room and I stole all the drinks out of the company refrigerator. But I'm also the boss. So I felt I feel a sense of entitlement. Amen. There you go. That's how you do it. All right, coming up next. I got I don't know what I'll do next. I don't know if I'm going to talk about watermelon snow. That's a real thing. Watermelon snow they call it. Or am I going to I don't know. Or I'm going to talk about a police dog. I got many stories left. I'm only going to get a couple in, though. It's the Big 49. Big, big, big. big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. 
Gas Gas released some publicity photos and some press stuff on their new Gas Gas e-bike. And when I say e-bike, you immediately think motorcycle. Well, you'd be wrong. This is their Moto Urban Cruiser. It is a sweet e-bike, as in e-bicycle, like a beach cruiser. But it's bright red. It's kind of badass. Got a big old seat on it, and it's for cruising around at the beach here in Southern California, if you ask me. They got two versions, a 672-watt version and then a 750-watt version that has a twist-grip throttle just like a motorcycle. No word on the price point of these e-bikes yet, but they definitely are cool to where you'd want to ride one if you saw it. I'm Stretch, another Moto Minute, brought to you by LBZ, is coming up one hour from now. Big 4.9. It is a stretch show. We got to have a discussion right now about watermelon snow. That's what they're calling it up in Utah. But have you ever met a Mormon? They might be the nicest people in the world. Uh, For whatever reason, when I grew up in Downey, in our area, there were a lot of Mormons on my street. Our neighbors were Mormons, and they were the nicest, most cool, generous people I could ever meet. I've never met a Mormon that wasn't absolutely awesome seriously i mean i don't know a ton but all the ones i met are awesome uh and mormons are very nice and they would see uh pink snow and they would say oh we're gonna call it watermelon snow because it looks like watermelon yeah well if stretch was in utah right now it'd be called vaginal discharge snow just saying i'm an a-hole i think bad things i'm a terrible person not a mormon not a good guy and i see snow and i think Oh, yeah, it's vaginal discharge snow. In fact, the reason they're having what the Mormons are calling watermelon snow is there is a blooming green algae called Chlamydia nivalis. I'll call it that because I can't really say the real name, but it's close enough to Chlamydia that that's what we're going to call it. But if you've got Chlamydia nivalis in your mountain range, um, it turns your snow pink. And if you've got Chlamydia nivalis, I'm going to say you got vaginal discharge snow going on. And here's what's crazy about Chlamydia nivalis, the blooming green algae that turns your snow pink. The snow algae produces a pigment that darkens their cells and it acts as a protection against the uh, sun because you know the sun, if you ever go skiing in the snow, you can get just absolutely barbecued. So it protects uh, the DNA of the algae and other aspects of the organism from damage because of the very bright, bright light on the snow. And it turns the snow effing red, so it's not as reflective and as damaging. Another thing that it then does is it causes the snow to melt rapidly, much more rapidly than it normally would. Because this algae's sitting up there and everything needs water, but frozen water's not doing anyone any good. You're not getting water out of snow. You're getting water out of melted snow. So when it makes the snow turn to the vaginal discharge, it turns watermelon red, as the Mormons like to call it, and then it also helps melt the snow, and then they get water. Now they go on to say the hippy-dippy hug-a-tree mofos. The global warming mofos are saying, oh, no, this is why we have droughts. We got all this bacteria all over the mountains, and it creates uh what that root guy stretch says is vaginal discharge, chlamydia snow, and well, it uh, is really, really 
making us have droughts on the west, even though we have all this rain. I, you, you knew they were going to say that. Oh, yeah, the reservoirs are all full now. Everything's fine now. But no, 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 no. We got a drought. We still got a drought. All of you, ration off. Don't take a shower every day. Don't run your dishwasher during the day. Just, yeah, eat my balls. F you and your vaginal discharge snow. That's what I say. Shut up. Oh, rain. It's going to rain again. It rained last winter. It'll rain this winter. God, I'm fired up. I got to get out of here. Coming up next, we'll rerun that Chase Sexton interview. And I'm going to pack it up and say goodbye. Get ready for lunch with the fat man. It's the Big 4-9. Big 4-9. It is a stretch show on a Thursday. Getting up on out of here. I am ready to go home. I am ready to get my lunch on. Oh, lunch is delicious. I don't know what the fat man's even going to have today. I'm not even sure. I don't know what's in my refrigerator. I got no wife. My wife ran off. My wife, the rapist, she's, is off on vacation now. She's not even in town. Man. Just tried to go out to dinner and then uh, force, her, force, her, force herself on me. I was like, no, just because you bought me dinner does not mean I'm having sex with you. And she forced me. That's what I know. It's like she thinks we live in Ohio where that's legal. (laughs) It's not funny. Don't you ever laugh about spousal rape. It's never funny. And don't laugh about vaginal discharge snow either because the Mormons will be really pissed because it's watermelon snow to them. Yeah. My name is Stretch, and I'm an a-hole. And I got no Fs to give. Um, Moto Man and Kyle be on tomorrow at 3. No motocross this weekend. No moto show. I got to double-check moto, but I think our VCS coming on and doing a takeover. I got to check up with moto, and so I'll promote the hell out of that on the show tomorrow. And if if that is the case, I believe it is on Sunday. If that goes down. I know Moto mentioned to me a long time ago, but he hasn't brought it up to me again. And remember, my my memory is about as long as my penis, so that's not very long. It's kind of short. Yeah. It's a grower, not a shower, so it's not a very good memory. Uh, Big 49's a grower and a shower. We're going to grow it right up terrestrial radio's ass if we haven't already. And then satellite radio, you're coming next. And then we're going to come for the streaming services after we get this company bulked the F up like Hercules, Hercules. That's what I know. 49's coming. We're coming. We're coming. We're going to bring the pain. Big 49's coming and hell's coming with it. Man. Now I'm fired up. All right, I'm getting out of here. I got to go. I'll talk to you tomorrow for the big old Friday Spectacular. Until then, my friends, God bless you all, and God bless the United States of America.